This is the Loving Life Podcast, coming from a parent's perspective, where we take a look at the past, the present, and discuss what the future has in store for all of us. Welcome to the Loving Life Podcast. All right, welcome to the Loving Life Podcast. It's Charlie Weddle. This is season two, episode number nine, and the first podcast of the new year. The holiday is all behind us, which is a good thing, and uh, looking forward to an amazing 2019. Joining me on the podcast today is my friend Billy Foster, and there's a reason for this that Billy's here and my wife's not here. Uh, if you were to walk into Billy's office, uh, it looks like the cockpit of the space shuttle in his office. It's incredible, the Mr. Tech guy, but he's also a huge comic fan, and uh, because of my special guest today, I thought it would be great to have Billy in here uh, to have some more fun. Uh, uh, he's the co-founder and CEO of the Ace Comic Con coming to Gila River Arena this weekend. Please welcome Mr. Garib Seamus. Hello there. There's not very many people with Garib Seamus. Are you? Is it safe to say you're the only one? Um, I think so. Yeah. You, do you have you yeah. checked? I, yes, I did. <laughs> uh, there's a street in Canada called Garib. I don't know. Really? How it became named that? What I part of Canada? I have found I family know. up there. I don't think it's after me though. Does oh, it cross okay. Seamus? Fair enough. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Don't cross Seamus. Right. Exactly. That's exactly it, uh, uh, which is very cool. So Ace Comic Con is coming in this weekend. I want to go back to your early days and, and and talk about how you got into comics and what brought this on. I mean, uh, we all have our, our, our quips and quirms. Some kids get into sports and some kids get into art and some kids get into other things. What brought on comics? Well, the good thing is I grew up with three brothers. Right. So we grew up collecting sports cards and comic books back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And it was just a very fun time as a kid. And it became such a big family hobby that my mom wound up opening up a comic book and sports card store. Wow. And uh, yeah, it was just amazing. It was like having a candy store in the family as a young kid. I mean, you just go in every time, here's a new book, here's a new book, you get them for free. Absolutely. At the time, (laughs) comics were like a dollar. We would pay like 40 cents for them or whatever. It was like, it it was really just the most fun time you could ever have as a kid because every dinner table was just, you know, the new books, the new cards, the new everything that came out. And then on the weekends, we'd go to shows. And it really was, our family was just so close because of that. Right. And then um, when I grew up, I uh, wound up uh, at school in college. It was when desktop publishing was just emerging. Mm -hmm. And I used to sell ads for the school newspaper and made a lot of money for them. So we went completely desktop. Wow. So I became an expert on the Mac computers when they first came out. Mm -hmm. And then when I graduated college, there were no jobs. It was 1990. And I had to, I moved back into my parents' house. Right. And... Uh, you, you were know, that guy. Oh, my God. Yes, I had to. And then I worked for my mom at the store because there were no jobs. Sure. So And, and uh, she was still running the comic book was, store? Yeah, of course. Oh, wow. So, uh, Does she still have it now? Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, wow. she still runs it, loves it. And um, it, it's just... It's, it's a whole different world now, It's though, a right? totally different world. I mean, now there's so much gaming as a component to it and sports cards yeah. and comic books. I mean, it's just... And all the toys. I mean, it's pretty pretty fascinating how that's evolved over time i go to comic book stores now to get the funko pops because that's my big thing absolutely and you got to see my office after this it's it's a little bit crazy i might be a little bit obsessed yeah. i bought a new aquaman last night oh, and, and i bought a uh gamestop exclusive of uh from uh, the new um captain marvel so oh, wow that's cool. good stuff i'm a little bit obsessed oh awesome charlie has the best collection yeah. of pops <laughs> yeah Seriously. so i wound up starting a newsletter and uh, people loved it right in the store and then i mm-hmm. turned it into a magazine um, and then there was a distribution system amongst the comic book stores. And what was, was the, the magazine? It was called Wizard. 
Oh, I know that. Absolutely. So Wait, I started Wizard. What? You yeah, did that? Absolutely. That's crazy. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I've got like tons of those. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, that's, that, that was me. Wow. Back in the day. Yeah. And then that's when How it, incredible is that reaction? I love to, it's it. Like, I love that, it. it makes, isn't that cool? It, it's such a warm feeling to know like that 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 I had that type of impact on right. people. Right. You know, that they go right back to this time in their life mm -hmm. that they cherish so much. I just much. got goosebumps when he did that. Yeah. That was like the original top ten list, you know, before BuzzFeed and all that Absolutely. wizard had the, the top ten villains, top ten heroes, top right. it was all yeah. Absolutely. We we did that and then also you know, then we got into the Comic Con business. Mm -hmm. You know, we bought the Chicago Comic Con and then you know, we brought in all the movies and the television and the toys because right. at the time Comic Cons were just Right. comic book shows you know with how did people. that fall in your lap i mean how do you all of a sudden you have the chicago how do you all of a sudden have the chicago comic-con i mean well, did you just buy that yeah exactly really? what happened yeah so for many years i'd gone to the san diego comic-con and all the local oh shows, yeah but they were really just glorified comic book shows that's right. really all they were is really just uh, quite frankly old people selling old comic books i remember the and, san diego comic-con uh, back in the day uh i used to work in san diego from 90 to 93 and then and and when comic-con came to san diego it was nutsville yeah. but still even now it's grown exponentially yeah. so much larger and than that, and that was us because we really we really uh you know embraced the fan culture at right. the time, mm -hmm. you know, and you know that show was once a year. A lot of these other ones were once a year. It, it didn't build any momentum. It didn't, it didn't attract anybody, um, you know, that was kind of outside of the super core, right? You know, collector mm -hmm. and collector of old material, right? Not new material. And it, and we we lived in an industry that was very anti-new, right? You know, you had a lot of old people that didn't like the new establishment. The guys from Image just left Marvel, right. to start their company and. You know, they were they were all my age. I was 21, 22, 23 at the time, mm -hmm. and you know they were they were looked at like you know who are these young punks that, that think they know <laughs> what they're doing, right? And we really embraced that, right? And and then it we, was something you were very excited about. Absolutely, it was, it's that niche. Yes, and it was all about creator rights, which at mm -hmm. the time, you know, a lot of artists and writers were having a tough time getting control of the material that they created or mm -hmm. having rights to them. And we embraced that, right. and that really pushed it. And then when we took over the Chicago Comic-Con, I knew the owners, they were having some financial trouble. And I took over the show, and we invited everybody that we wanted to, that we worked with. So sure. for us, it actually wasn't, we actually bought it, it wasn't even a business, it was actually, we bought it as a, um, as almost like a fair. It was actually to throw a party for yeah, the magazine. Yeah, exactly, it's really, what it sounds like. So it was a magical time, because at the time, I think the Chicago Comic-Con had maybe two, 3,000 people. Mm -hmm. And our first event, we had about eight to 10,000 people show up. And all these people that were the geeks and the nerds and the outcasts and the losers, all the people that we were, yeah. all of a sudden they show up, all the disenfranchised people. And it was this just magical moment. It's like where, a big family. Yeah, because everybody realized that, that, wow, there's a lot of other people like themselves. Mm -hmm. And that really, I think, galvanized the movement. What and, was the thing that changed it when, you know, when it was only two or 3,000 people and then you took it over? What was that... that change that made it become so much bigger it was us yeah yeah it was our magazines come to life right you know so that in that 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 reaction that you had right. that's how people felt about us and then all of a sudden when we're coming to town and we bring all the image guys and we right. bring the marvel creators and the dc creators and the people that are making the games and the tv shows and the toys and whatever celebrities that there were at the time mm -hmm. we put them all in one room and you could meet them and take pictures or get autographs mm -hmm. and then we encourage people to dress up in costume and this was all before the internet so it's not like right. you could just call out 
Exactly. We encourage people. And then in the magazine, we featured you in the magazine if you had a great costume. And then the next year, more people would come out dressed up. Yeah. And we'd give prizes and they'd get better. So it was all this user gen content right. that was that we were cultivating mm-hmm. before anybody even knew what that word user generation, <laughs> you know, user generated content was called. You right. know, and we really fostered that. Right. We fostered that community. We made people feel like they were part of something and that they were they were included and that uh, and, it was something and to be proud of. And that's actually what answers my, because I was like, how do they always get these great guests? Now I know. Yeah. <laughs> because you've been a part of this for so long. That's exactly right. You know, so, you know, as, as these movies and TV shows have grown, so is everybody in the business. Mm-hmm. So we grew up, me and my brother, we grew up with everybody. Sure. So, so when you look at across the landscape of the movie and the television world and the mm-hmm. gaming and the toy world, like we literally grew up with everybody. Wow. You know, so, or... Perfect timing. Yeah, and especially the artists and writers. I mean, we've had an impact on so many of them early in their career when they didn't have a platform, they didn't have a voice, uh, people didn't know what they were doing, people didn't accept what they were doing, and then all of a sudden, you know, a lot of people become very successful over it. Mm -hmm. And we've been friends with them since the day they started. Sure. Well, I remember Wizard, they actually were the ones that really started collecting fan artwork and publishing it. Absolutely. Because, you know, otherwise it was like, you just had it and then you just showed your friends. But if it got into Wizard, oh my gosh, you made it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we used to joke, we used to call it the mommy factor. Right. Like, like we wanted people to be able to pick up the book and say, show their mom and say, look, I made it. Right. Know, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. See, Billy's an artist too, so he likes to draw oh, and fiddle great. around with that yep. stuff. Oh, did awesome. you send stuff <laughs> did in? Did you ever send us something? Uh, I think I did like once or twice, but oh, I don't that's think awesome. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Well, but I always loved getting it and seeing right. what everyone was sending. <laughs> yeah, we used to do a lot of fun stuff. You're like Ralphie in Christmas Story, where he's get you know with his uh, his decoder. Yes, Billy is so excited. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you cosplay back then? Um, well, when I would go to Halloween parties and things like that, I right. would. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't cosplay at the shows. I needed to work. And, yeah. You know, I had a lot of business. Oh, you could have worked as up. Batman or something. Um, no, I, I could, <laughs> not at the shows. I couldn't do it. I just, I was. You got a utility so... belt. You're, you know, it's well, in service different purposes. And... Yeah, that's funny. But um, yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, I, like, I couldn't yeah, do no. it. I couldn't do it. Got passes over yeah. here. <laughs> what are your favorite characters? I mean, growing up when you started this thing, what, you know, obviously we talked earlier about you know what's spiked you to get into something like this but who are your favorite characters did you have a favorite or was oh, it absolutely. just across the board yeah it was always spider-man yeah um growing up i mean it didn't mean that i li- didn't i liked a lot of characters uh-huh. but that was the one that always kind of resonated with me because mm-hmm. i was you know i was a kid that collected you know comic books or read comic books and you did know, you see the new movie into the course, spider-verse it was awesome was it, it was really, really good it's really spectacular um i think they broke a lot of great rules and barriers right. with that mo- with that movie mm-hmm. um, that really opened up that character right. to a, to even more of audiences out there right you know and uh, and and in a way that that was very very different than the live action films mm-hmm. and other quite frankly a lot of quite, uh, other animated films out there right it won a golden globe didn't it, it won it for, a golden globe for yeah. a- animation right oh yeah, yeah the, absolutely the, the, the style of that is just like nothing i've ever seen it, i felt like it took a comic book and made it move they did so much stuff like that and there was such a depth to it right um that it's it's going to really um it's going to really change animation i really think that that's one of those movies that's mm-hmm. um that's going to define a whole new class right. of animation that comes out because just to give people this awareness of what you can do, that it doesn't need to be 3D, it doesn't need to be flat, yeah, it could be right. this doesn't kind need of pi- mix. doesn't of, need right. to be Pixar all the time. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. 
with uh, all of the movies coming out in the Marvel and the DC comics and, and, and whatnot, uh, uh, saw Aquaman. Of course, my wife wanted to go see that one because of Jason Momoa. Of course. Um, but uh, they're guy. doing so well in the box office, not just here in the States, but all over the world. Um, and now you've got companies like Disney that own all these things. How do you think that changes the game? Does it give more money for them to create more great things? Is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I, I, I've always been about building community. Right. So for me, the, the more accepting, the more global, the more everybody feels like they're part of something right. that's much bigger, uh, I think it's just great. So the fact that these films are opening up globally, mm -hmm. it's also giving a lot of other opportunities to create movies that are more diverse, quite frankly, right? So when you right. look at what's happened with Wonder Woman and having a very strong female right. lead and oh, Black yeah. Panther and having a very strong uh, Black African, um, you know, lead and and just to have you know that diversity in film, right, um, is just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And that's what going global is all about. That's what having more resources about. That's what take you know being able to take chances. Right. Um, and it's just fantastic. And that's quite frankly, you know, why when I started Ace with my brother, that's really what our company is about. Mm -hmm. Is really this idea that in the past it used to be, you know, being accepted, right? Right. And you know, we were always tr fighting to be accepted out there as people who love superheroes. Mm -hmm. But now that people that love superheroes are accepted out there. It's like the norm. Yeah, now it's about building that global community of fans. And for so many times, these events are very exclusionary. Mm -hmm. You know, either it's very limiting to how many people can watch a celebrity on stage or people don't have access to things. Mm -hmm. um, or people that, most most people today, I would say well in the 90% of the people that love these superheroes didn't come to love them through through comic books. It's been through movies or television right. or video games. Exactly. Or toys. And we wanted to create a community that was very accepting of them. Mm -hmm. And that's really why Ace was born, was how to be able to pioneer and transform this world again so that everybody feels welcome. You know, it's, uh, I went to, to see Venom and I was not very familiar with that character. I just loved what I saw on the commercials. And then when, of course, seeing the movie, I was uh, so into it. And Billy can attest to this. After I saw the movie, I went home, whipped open the laptop, and started researching the Venom characters right. and how it's so much more than what you just saw. It's like, that's like a microcosm right yeah. there. And Billy's like, really, really, really? And, and it was, right. it was interesting. It, it brought me into something that I've, you know, I never really collected comic books. I had some right. yeah. and I had fun reading them, but it wasn't a major part of my life, but I was always interested in cartoons and animation. You know, I had the pleasure of meeting uh, Chuck Jones. And when I worked right. in Los oh, Angeles, right. Uh, for Looney Tunes was my favorite and to see all that kind of thing and um, uh, again Todd McFarlane here in Phoenix yes. when he came to our Spider-Man premiere that we did oh gosh it was Toby McGuire was playing yeah. Spider-Man and I got him to autograph my ticket the the, the big premiere tickets oh, yeah. That's awesome. and he stayed after that movie nobody knew he was really in there until we said he was there after the movie he stayed for I think almost an hour after yeah. the movie was done, signing autographs, taking pictures, answering questions. Like it was never planned. Yeah. And that's what that world, that's what brought me so much closer to this world of how it was so, well, like you say, yeah. it's more inclusive yeah, now exactly. where people can just I grew jump up in. With Todd. He's going to be there this weekend. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, we grew up together in this You got world. a great lineup this yeah. year. 
Yeah, um, absolutely. Mr. Hiddleston will be there. Yep. Uh, Loki, that's cool. Yes, people love him. Um, and then Michael Fassbender, yeah, uh, Mr. So it, Magneto. Yeah, it'll be his first appearance. Really? Yeah, so he's never done a fan event like this before. Oh, really? So, yeah, so. Did you prep him? Um, <laughs> yes, we prepped him as agent. Um, you know, luckily, I think he's flying with uh, with some of the other actors, so. Right. Get it, you know, but yes, yeah, so, I mean. We, he's going to have a blast. He will have a blast. You know what it is? We, we try to create a very comfortable environment for the talent to be there. You know, we bring a lot of celebrities of their stature. We mm -hmm. bring a lot of celebrities that they've appeared in the movies or the right. TV shows with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for them, you know, we want to we want to create an environment where they feel very comfortable meeting their fans. Right. You know, these films are such global hits, you know, that they also need to have access to their fans. But sure. they also need to be in a very uh, easy environment and a mm -hmm. fun environment where they're enjoying themselves as well. Right. And, and that's really what we've been able to do. And because we've grown up, with uh, you know the studios and the television networks and all the producers and even the talent agencies, right. you know, you know they feel very comfortable working with us mm -hmm. because we know how to get somebody that's so world famous mm -hmm. from their home to right. our event and then back to their home and, right. and give them the give them an experience sure. that they really enjoy as well. And that's what it's all about because then they come back to the to the next Ace Comic Con that comes into into town. Um, I was at last year's and oh, had the the pleasure to see from a distance uh mr stanley yes and uh it, it's sad that he's he's left us now but yeah. you know his 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 work will live forever absolutely um any any special tributes around him will yeah. folks talk about that yeah we're gonna do a tribute to stan nice uh which we're really uh happy to do right i mean he was like a godfather to me absolutely he um he really embraced me very very early on in mm -hmm. my career uh, when I first started the magazine. He seemed like that kind of a person, he, he very personable. Unbelievable. It was, you know, he, he made everybody feel like mm -hmm. they were the only greatest person alive. Yeah. And, um, you know, I have so many stories about him because, um, you know, it was all pre-internet when, when we started back in the early 90s. Mm -hmm. And um, so I knew that if I wrote him a letter, right, he would write me back. Right. Because it's not at the time when people were so busy crazy like that, yeah. like they are today. So I'd write him letters and he'd just write me back. So I have, um, I kept so many of them, you know, so I, I pulled them all out and took pictures of them. And mm -hmm. there was one where he told me he hates me because, <laughs> I, uh, because I knew that uh, I had found out that he was an expert yo-yo. Uh, really? Yeah, that he could, he was an expert. So Never I knew that. Him. So I bought him this like, like professional yo-yo. And uh, so then he responded by sending me this letter, how much he hates me because he can't stop playing with it. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, and, and there would be so many things like that sure. where, um, you know, he would, once he sent me a check that was unsigned for a subscription to the magazine. Nice. And I call him up and I'm like, Stan, I'm like, first of all, I could never let you pay for a subscription to this magazine. Right. I'm like, secondly, you didn't sign the check. <laughs> I, said, I said that your autograph is worth more than the, the subscription price. Right, right. So, um, so I put him on the comp list and then a few weeks later, I get a check from Stan Lee to Garib Seamus for a dollar that he signed. Wow. Well, with a nice letter. So now it's in a frame. Yeah, so now I have a check from Stan Lee signed for a dollar. <laughs> That's awesome. It, you know, it's interesting. You brought up an interesting thing of how it was pre-internet. And uh, back in the day, you used to wait for that next comic book to come out. And, and now it's like things seem to be so much faster. Do you feel that there is a over-anticipation for things? Like people just can't get enough of it. And, you know, like we wait and wait and wait for the next 
Star Wars movie or we wait and wait and wait for the next uh, Marvel movie or whatever it is. But things seem to be coming faster these days. Is that, uh, that attributed to the yeah. internet? And- well, it's pretty amazing what's happening, right? Because we definitely live in a binge society. Yeah. Right? Where where people can watch the whole season of something mm-hmm. or you know they might wait for a trade paperback or a collected edition on a book before they start reading it. Um, so, you know, we definitely live in that, but we also live in a world where, you know, these movies have created that anticipation, mm-hmm. right? You know, we can't wait for the next Avengers film. Right. We can't wait for the next Star Wars. We can't, you know, it's like, yeah. it's driving us crazy that we have to wait in a world where you typically don't have to wait. Right. And I think that's what's added to the excitement level of sure. it, that these, that these movies are not movies, they're events. You Absolutely. Know, and we live in a world where it's all about the experience. Mm-hmm. And when people go to these movies, they're not going by themselves. They're bringing their friends, they're bringing their families, they're mm-hmm. putting it on their calendar, they're right. pre-buying the tickets, they know what they're gonna, where they're gonna yeah. go to dinner beforehand, they know where they're gonna, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, they with, know when they're gonna go afterwards. With me and our friends, it's, it's always an event, we plan it out, we're like, okay, we can't make it opening night, but you can't see it until we can all get together to go see it. Absolutely. Because you're not ruining it for the rest of us. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I usually have to see it in the first week, if not the first day it comes out. And I, we nowadays, and my wife said this and I agree, we pre-purchase our tickets online and book our seats. Yep. And I have to be in the big, huge Dolby Theater yep. uh, at, uh, I think it's AM, I think it's AMC, um, where the the chairs move and it's just amazing sound. So it's in a, yeah, it is an event yeah, to go. It's all about experiential. And that's why, like, even with our Comic-Con, um, it's not a convention. It's right. an experience. That's mm-hmm. why we're in the arena and not a convention center. Right. You know, because we really want people to feel like they're going to something exciting. Yeah. Like, you know, they typically go there for a, a concert, a hockey event, you know, right. it could be a basketball sh- you know, mm-hmm. you know, game, it could be anything, but, you know, we want people to feel like they're going to something, right. you know, that's very unique and exciting, you know, and then everybody's invited to the theater to watch, mm-hmm. you know, the programming that's going on. Right. And we wanted to create something that, that wasn't exclusionary, but very inclusionary. Mm-hmm. And um, how did and, it work last year? I mean, I know you had a, a, a large attendance, um, you know, compared to some of the other cities and whatnot. And in, 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 in a little bit of a different venue, um, it's not like a convention center; it's an arena. Right. Um, how, how did that work out? I mean, obviously, well enough to do it again in the same place. But um, any different plans for this year compared to last year on layout? Anything oh, yeah. like that? Absolutely. So. So when we do these uh, these experiences, you know, for us it was not about how do we go bigger, right? right? It was how do we go smaller, mm-hmm. and how do we create something a lot more intimate, right? And that's why, like at the cities that we're going to, um, we're not trying to compete to be the biggest event, right? You know, we want to be the best event, got it. And we also want to bring in the biggest celebrities in the world and make you know bring people something that they could never normally mm-hmm. see again, mm-hmm. you know. So like when you get to meet Fastbender this weekend. You may never see him again. Right. Like, I don't know if he'll do him again. You know, right. we, had, we had Gal Gadot at our first event, mm-hmm. and I don't know if she she's going to come back to to do our show or any show for that. <laughs> she matter. didn't like or, it, or no, she loved it. Really, but you know, but you know, she met her fans. Sure, you know, and she'll come back when she feels like it. Mm-hmm. But it, there's no regularity to it. There's right. a lot of celebrities that go show to show to show. Sure, but when you're at that level, mm-hmm. you know, you went, you saw your fans. You know, she'll probably do it again, but. You don't know when or where that's going to happen. So the uh, guest that I like you're bringing in is Taryn Egerton. Oh wow, cool! That's my my youngest daughter crush. 
total wow, crush. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. And then, you know, from Kingsman, and you know he's going to be in the Rocket Man movie. He's yep. playing Elton John, yes. which yeah. is a big artist on our radio station. Um, and he's singing him. He's oh, singing the incredible. songs. Yeah. So it's going to be exciting really to exciting. see him. That's well. going to be his first appearance as well. Right. Yeah. When we reached out, you know, they were like, you want him? We're like, yeah. Like, that would be great. Yeah. So, um, and also Kingsman was based on, um, you know, Mark Mark Miller created mm-hmm. that character, mm-hmm. which is from a comic book. So, right. you know, he's a major comic book creator. And um, as a matter of fact, Netflix bought his company. So Netflix in its 20 year history hasn't bought anything except right. for one company. Wow. Was Mike, uh, Mark Miller's company. That's pretty amazing. Yes, and he was the creator of Kingsman. So. Um, yeah, we have Ty Sheridan, mm-hmm. uh, Ready Player One. Yes. Yeah, people and are freaking Cyclops. out. And Cyclops, of course. <laughs> yes. And, um, you know, and then we also have a bunch of the cast from the um, from the Netflix shows. We have, right. uh, you know, Daredevil, Charlie Daredevil, Cox, I was and Kristen say. Ritter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she also kind of tag teams with uh, David Tennant as well, who played mm-hmm. the Doctor, but he was also the villain, you know, in Jessica Jones. Right. So that's going to be really great. People like, really want to get pictures with the two. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, are, and will they be set up on the uh, on the uh, the concourses? Uh, I know some of them were up on the concourses. Yeah. So actually, so this year we not only have uh, the one concourse, but we have the second concourse. Nice. So we have a lot of exhibitors and, and artists and writers that are going to be all throughout both concourses mm-hmm. this year. Um, and then you also have um, a place where people could take a lot of pictures. So we have um, you know we have a lot of what we call um, a central, mm-hmm. which is a place where. You're going to be able to take a lot of Instagrammable photos. Right. Nice. Uh, yeah. So that's going to be really fun for that's us. That's Billy for the radio station. Yeah. He does a lot of yeah. our, he does oh, a lot of our photography, and yeah. so getting those great shots yeah. is going to be important for you know our social media and being able to spread that word Absolutely. and whatnot. So. That's great because you know we do find that we 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 encourage people to share this experience with right. their friends. Yeah. And so whether it's the talent on stage mm-hmm. or the cosplay that's there. But we also wanted to create this other element, which is, you know, kind of like of the selfie world. Right. You know, and how to use our experiences as mm-hmm. a way to share it with your friends, you know, who, who may be there or may not be able to make it. Right. So we, we have a lot of uh, Instagrammable moments. Right. That we're going to be very smart uh, showcasing at the event this year. Very smart. Well, I'm excited, um, and uh, I know Billy's excited too. I'm super excited. <laughs> the lineup, I just, I, I kept telling Charlie, I don't understand how he gets these. Li- these are incredible. That, that's one thing that I love about Ace Comic Con is that you bring like the A talent. Yes. Others seem to be like getting people not on the peak of their careers. I'll say, right. <laughs> just to fill, it's, right? And, right. And so it's great to see people that you're currently seeing in things and, and getting to see it. And also, I like the stadium seating because then everyone can see. Yes. Right. Versus where yep. other places, when it's just a flat seating and you're in the back, you can't really see anything. Yeah. What's your most, what do you like most when you go to the event? Um, you know, there's there's certain things like, I know that when we do events here at the radio station, the thing that I like most is not necessarily the talent that's on the stage. I like most seeing the reactions of the audience that attends and and how they um, have that look on their face. What it, what what excites you? What's the best feeling about your Ace Comic Cons when you go? And it might be different for everyone. Yeah, there's there's a lot of different moments throughout. So mm-hmm. like certainly when I when I do get to see the talent uh, come out on stage mm-hmm. and the fans roar about it, react, yeah, um, and they for the first time they actually feel like. Holy cow! I'm in the same room yeah, as this person. Yeah, um, it's really this powerful, powerful feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, there's this uh, there's this one place that I stand in the show a lot, 
and um, it's not visible to virtually anyone. But um, but in these areas where the fans get to take pictures with mm-hmm. the, with the celebrities, mm-hmm. you know, and then they come out after they've taken their photo. Oh yeah, you know, um, it's not. It, it takes about ten steps mm-hmm. for them to to realize what they just did. Oh my did. god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my right? god! Because they come out <laughs> and it's like, oh, they got to get their stuff. They got to whatever, and then they turn to their friend, and then they start crying. They start laughing. They start hugging. They start talking giddy. Like I can't believe right. what, who I just met, and I, uh, he smells so great, or she's so beautiful, or whatever it is that they say. <laughs> but it's this. This raw natural yeah. energy, yeah. you know, of, of people being so happy that they didn't get to just meet their hero; they got to meet their superhero. Yeah, you know? it's like right. it's just this kind of moment in time where people are the happiest they could ever be in their life. Sounds like backstage meet and greets, Billy. Right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And, and I agree fans. with you. I think that's just amazing when people who aren't a part of the industry, like we are, a part of the industry, what whatever that may be, and they meet these people, and they're just they're eyes get as big as saucers and they don't know what to do like they they start telling the story about their meet and greet yeah. like instantly it's, it's just so the very cool energy and emotion right. and it's just so wonderful and it's all positive you know so it's it's just the greatest to see and, and experience right uh anything you think that we should do specifically this weekend what is the must thing must see must thing do at uh um, for, convention? for us i think it's really to come and just enjoy the the whole nature of the right. experience take right it to in. take it all in yeah you know i think that there's just so much stuff to see there you know because because we don't try to overwhelm with too much mm-hmm. we curate incredibly well right so when we have the 60 artists and writers and people that have had an impact on the industry every single one of those people are hand picked mm-hmm. to be there because we get thousands of applications mm-hmm. from the exhibitors or dealers or from the artists and writers that want to be there so luckily, we have the opportunity to say, you know, why why should this person be here? You know, mm-hmm. what do they have to add to this experience? So we we think that it's one of those things where everybody you want to meet or turn to is there for a very specific purpose, right? Um, and then also, quite frankly, the panels are just great. Yeah. You know, to you know, because a lot of times when the celebrities of this caliber are talking to audiences, mm-hmm. it's usually on a talk show. Or the press junkets right. prior to the film, right? And when they're here, you get to talk to them after the film, right? So all of us, and they're probably working on the next film, right? So all of a sudden, you can ask. You know, not only does our moderators ask them questions that mm-hmm. you'd want to know based on after the fact, but also coming up. But then also, we also open up the mics to the fans. Mm-hmm. So you know, when people have had fans come up, it's just amazing because the fans ask the questions that they really want to know right we, we just had an event in chicago and tom hiddleston was there and some seven-year-old kid asked him is loki really dead and tom hiddleston who's never short for a, a word or comment even he was taken back for a second sure you know okay stop gotta think right? can't give away anything seven-year-old kid you know it's just it was just it's what did he say great. what did he say to him um he said that um he said, "You'll have to find out, but but things get worse Perfect. before they get better." Right? Ooh. Oh, wow! Which oh. is like 
Oh, my God. Did he just say that? So he was on point. Yeah. Very cool. Well, uh, get your tickets to the Ace Comic Con this weekend, uh, tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, at the uh, out in Glendale at the Gila River Arena. Uh, it's going to be amazing. Um, you can go to aceuniverse.com and click on Get Tickets. Can't get any easier than that. So, um, Garib, thanks so much for stopping Thank by you. the this podcast. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad you came in. I learned a lot. Billy, did you learn anything? Oh my gosh, did I learn? There's a quiz. <laughs> There's going to be a quiz. I think he. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, being a part of Wizard, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks for joining us in the podcast today. Certainly appreciate you being here, my friend. Um, and uh, I think I can call you that after this one, yeah, which is pretty sure. cool. Awesome. Hey, thanks for listening to the Loving Life Podcast. Remember, the Loving Life Podcast comes out every week. You can subscribe, click uh, the notifications, and uh, rate the podcast in iTunes and on the radio.com app. Um, I am excited for a lot of fun things this weekend. So, again, Garib, thank you for being here. Um, and uh, we'll see you soon. Great. And that's going to wrap up the Loving Life Podcast. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, guys. That was really great.